please sit down. And let's just pray together. As we gather here today, almighty God, we are reminded of your great love for us. You are our rock, our fortress, our hope, our salvation. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to be our Lord and Saviour. We ask that you bless this time of worship and that your Holy Spirit would fill this place with your presence. May we be strengthened in our faith, encouraged in our journey, and united as a community of believers. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're going to continue uh, in a time of prayer now with a time of confession. Um, as we reflect on those times this week, we haven't lived, with a, uh, haven't lived Christ-centered lives. Um, so I'd encourage you just to have a bit of time of quiet reflection. Uh, then I'll lead us in a prayer. Then um, the worship group will lead us in, in a song. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we confess that although we willingly say that Jesus is King, we often fail to bow our knees before him. Instead, we grant our allegiances to the things of this world. In your mercy, hear our prayer of confession. Grant us the humility to bow before you, the ruler of all nations, so that we may be your loyal servants in your kingdom. Through your Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen.
through the crucified body and blood of Christ the King, we have been given a pardon from God. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let us then approach the throne of God with confidence, with, of grace, sorry, with confidence, proclaiming Jesus as Lord of all. Just a few notices. Um, one thing Brian has asked me to share with you that the big quiz night for Tear Fund um, raised £120 and the church have doubled that to £240. So that's for Tear Fund. So thank you to everyone that came to that. Um, Johnny, you wanted to share something. Quick, quick message just to say to everybody who's been on the Johnny. Um, so um, most people here um, who are part of our um, uh, no normal, is that right? Normal Sunday Fellowship, usual, that's the word, not normal, usual Sunday uh, Fellowship will know uh, the news about Christine North. So she um, had her last dialysis session last Monday and she's now um, having palliative end-of-life care um, and um, she is moving, maybe, hopefully, moving on uh, Monday afternoon to uh, Cranley. Um, a number of people have been visiting her and Brian is uh, coordinating that so we don't all turn up at once. I was very blessed to go and see her yesterday afternoon and I asked her what she wanted me to tell you. Um, and um, she said, um, she said um, the really important thing is she was really frightened to be at this point and this was her biggest fear and she is not frightened at all now and she wants everyone to know that she is really really at peace she prayed for it and she has it um and she said um she doesn't want us to feel sad <laughs> she said she um 
adores uh, NBC. It's, I didn't realize her grandfather apparently preached here when it was a congregational church. Um, so, um, and she just says it's so very special to her. Um, and so she wants us all to just be joyful um, about that and not to feel sad. Um, she also, um, she has got a couple of things that we could pray for her. We want to obviously pray that she will continue to feel that sense of peace. Um, and she is sad because she can't sing now. She's got quite a rattly cough and we could pray for that um, for her. And she is, um, she's kind of humming, <laughs> humming uh, choruses. And uh, Lorraine uh, yesterday was there and put some little markers into, she's given her a Songs of Fellowship book and put some little markers in there for some of uh, Christine's favorite songs. So we could pray for her for that, that she can continue to remember um, the, the choruses and that she can sing those. Um, and I think that's the main things that I was supposed to share uh, with you this morning. Um, she did say that she'd like us all at some point to drink whiskey in the service, but I'm not sure about that bit. Um, <laughs> we'll have to see with that one. I know Rose Clark made us all drink sherry at her funeral, so, you know, yes, anyway. So, but other than that, yes, she, she sends her greetings and um, if, I think she's a little bit worried that when she moves, if she moves, if she's well enough to move to Cranley, that that might feel too far for visitors. So I think she's really enjoying seeing people um, and reminiscing, really, and sharing stories. So I would just love it if we could spend a bit of time now in prayer for her. And I would invite you as, our, as her and our, as our church family to just um, raise some prayers for Christine now. Let's pray.
Amen. Amen. Thank you. And please, let's all make sure we really do continue praying for Christine in the coming days. And uh, as I say, if you want to go and see her, then Brian is uh, trying to coordinate so we're not all there at the same time. Um, So um, we're going to now continue with some uh, prayers. Um, I think it it just seems absolutely right that we need to spend some time praying for the situation in Israel and Gaza this morning. So I would just like to invite us to break up into sort of small groups um, and spend some time in prayer for that situation. Um, um, in those prayers, let's make sure that we remember Joe and her family, her daughters and the families of her daughters in Israel. Um, I think they're obviously caught up in, in the situation as well, so please let's remember them. Um, as a family too. So I just invite you to form some small groups and then um, when we've finished praying, then we'll move into some uh, a song. <laughs> then join in or remain seated, uh, you, can, you can choose, but let's sing together. Oh, 
Our Bible reading this morning, we've already heard a little bit of it once. Uh, our Bible readings from Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 to 23, and chapter 2, verses 6 to 7, which Brian has wonderfully put on the screen. Thank you. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. 
but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Let's just pray for Esther. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Esther. We thank you that you have brought her to our church. We thank you that you have given her the gift of preaching. And we pray for her now, Lord, as she comes to explain your word to us. We pray that you would give us ears to hear and give us minds to understand and to know what you would like us to do. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Well, good morning. Can you all hear me? Am I on? Have I unmuted myself? Lovely to be here with you, and love and greetings from Milmy Church in Guildford. Um, as you can see, I've come with a very high-tech PowerPoint this morning, <laughs> but I hope you'll bear with me. And maybe some of those words, I'm praying some of those words will really stick with you, even though they're on a whiteboard. Um, there used to be an advert that claimed their beer reached every part of you. Uh, no other beer could do this. It was a bold claim to say that it would completely satisfy you, benefit every bit of you. The beer of all beers. And yet, as believers, we have someone who does claim to fill us and fulfill us and do us good in every part of our life. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And he gives us a blessing, and it's not always easy. Life isn't always easy. It's not that he says it's going to be easy following him, but he gives us a blessing that he's going to walk with us, talk with us, and give us an eternal life in a world that's forever changing. And the things of this earth are so temporary, aren't they? The, the bad bits, praise God, the bad bits are temporary, but the good bits as well. And I had a picture of this sandcastle, a beautiful sandcastle, built on the, on the beach. And it was magnificent, and it looked quite strong. But, you know, it's only there until the next tide comes in. Our lives are temporary here. But Christ is supreme, and he has offered us something that will live and go on forever. Not a beer, but eternal life. He can make this claim, Jesus can. Jesus, that's the name that we cling on to. He makes the claim because he is God's own son. And he has proved that that claim he can carry out because he lived, he died, and he rose again. And now he intercedes for you. He had 30 years working probably as a carpenter, three years working in a public ministry, life 
death and resurrection, and over 2,000 years of praying intercessory prayer for you. And this Jesus is not limited. He has the power to reach into your life in every bit, those bits that you're troubled with, those bits that you're delighted in. He is there with you. He's not a boss that clocks in and out. He's a forever friend, a forever saviour. And he will do a forever work in us if we want it. But we have to meet with him in order to be forever changed. It's actually meeting him, the revelation of Jesus, in our hearts and lives that will change us. And as we receive him, we will, Paul says, we're gonna be changed from one degree to another, just bit by bit by bit. And he will give us his fullness. This is an exclusive offer. Only Jesus gives us this. And we're gonna just look at these three phrases very simply this morning about Jesus. Jesus is our first word. And then we're going to look at what it is in Jesus, what it is like to be in Jesus, which if you are a believer, you are in Jesus. And then with Jesus, that he's walking with you. He starts to work, but he will complete it for you. And then I just thought at the end, actually, the whole thing is within Jesus. So Jesus, in Jesus, with Jesus. And Brian, I don't know whether you'd be happy just to put that, those first few scriptures, the first 15, um, and I want you to be brave this morning. I want you to shout out things about Jesus because Paul gives us a wonderful description. He's basically taking us to Jesus and says, look, this is what Jesus looks like. So shout out things that you can see in the scriptures and maybe in a minute, Brian, you can go on to the next few verses till, till verse um, 20. But let's start with these verses. Just shout out things about Jesus, what, what we're told about Jesus. Creator of everything. The image of the invisible God. We see God through him. Over all creation. Nothing is bigger or greater than him. He's over all. Holds everything together. That's phenomenal when you think about it for your life. Head of the body. He's our head. We have one church around the world. And he's the head. Head of the body. God was pleased in Jesus. Do you know what? Jesus gives you his righteousness and God is pleased now with you. Isn't that amazing? But pleased to give all of his fullness. Jesus is God, God's son, supreme. I got about 13 things. Last orders? Anyone last orders on this? Through him, we are reconciled. Reconciled, basically, if you've got an account book, you're matching up the figures, what comes in, what goes out, and we're in debt, and God reconciles us, sets our account in order. Isn't that amazing? 
Uh, Paul is taking us to Jesus right at the beginning. It's about Jesus and who he is. In the previous verse, in verse 13, this is what he says. For he, God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son. The son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Friends, we are in a whole other kingdom when we have accepted Jesus and bowed the knee to Jesus. Because a kingdom needs a king, and Jesus is the king of this kingdom, and we're in that kingdom now. And you know, I want to encourage you, that because if Jesus is the head, verse 18, above every other leader, we do not need to fear man. And if Jesus is the fullness of God, when we look at him through the scriptures, we will get a glimpse of God. And if Jesus holds everything together, the stars the planets, he's set the earth on an axis and he's keeping it going. If he's doing that, he can be with you tomorrow morning with what you're facing, or whatever you're facing this week. If he's keeping the seasons coming and going, he can be with you in your coming and going verse. Uh, psalm 121, my favorite psalm. You're coming and going, he's with you. And then verse 20, he's making peace for you by his death. Somebody has to pay for your sins. Somebody has to pay for my sins. Um, I've been told that if you travel the world, there's only one phrase you need to learn in that language. Whatever, whatever country you go to, you need to learn this phrase. And it's the same phrase that you need when you get to heaven's door. Um, I've been doing a little bit of homework. In Spanish, it's mi amiga pagara. In Italian, it's il mio amico pagara. In French, it's mon ami paera. In Ukrainian, it's mia druh zaplat. And at Heaven's Door, we say, my friend has paid. My friend will pay. That's the phrase we need to know, because Jesus has paid. He's paid for us if we will accept that payment. We will stand at God's judgment seat and we will either pay for those sins of ours or we will say, no, I'm covered, Jesus is paying. You know, Jesus is supreme. We've just said all those things about him. He's supreme and yet he stoops down to you and me like a parent stooping down to their child. It's a once-in-a-lifetime salvation offer, offering for you forgiveness and reconciliation, something you will never do on your own. How can he do that? He stoops down because he first came down. And he hung on a cross for you and me. He was scorned, mocked, stripped naked for you and for me. That's how he can stoop down and offer you freedom and forgiveness. Because on the cross he said, Father, forgive them. Are you forgiven this morning? If you're in Christ, if you're following Jesus, you are forgiven. Don't hold on to unforgiveness. You are forgiven. If Christ has forgiven you, don't feel unforgiven. Don't walk in unforgiveness. If Christ has forgiven you, 
Forgive those around you. They say that unforgiveness is like a poison that you drink and expect the other person to die. Christ is giving you freedom and forgiveness. You're not going to find another love like this. You're not going to find another saviour, the King of Kings. So this is Jesus, the offer, God's own son. Secondly, in Jesus, that's you and me, if you are a believer here. And verse 20 to 21 says that we were once enemies, enemies in our mind. But now he has reconciled us and presented us wholly in his sight. Be, and then he, Paul says, continue on in your faith. Friends, this is the gospel, the good news, that you are in Christ and that he pronounces you holy without accusation, without blemish. That is incredible, isn't it? When you think of even the things we've done this morning that haven't been right, and yet he pronounces you pure, clean, and spotless because of Jesus covering you. Once we were enemies, but now, because of Christ's physical death and resurrection, you can be a friend, a child of God. You are in Christ. And we're all included in these verses because we are either one or the other. We are either an enemy of God or we are a child of God. There is no other way to live, to be reconciled. And we are holy. He pronounces you holy. No accusation. There's a very powerful verse in Revelation, Revelation chapter 12, where John is told to say that the one accuser that we do have still, which is the enemy, has been silenced. The enemy comes in to accuse you, not God. You are free from accusation if you are in Christ. And this is what it says in Revelation 12. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them, us, before God day and night, has been hurled down. And they have triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. Christ's blood triumphs over the accusations held against you. There's another thing that they also triumph over him. They triumph over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony is your story of how God has come to you, what he's done for you and how he's with you. So it's the blood of the lamb and your testimony. If you're feeling hopeless and full of sin, remember you have a testimony of the blood of the lamb that you are covered the opposite to hopelessness is your testimony of God's goodness to you. We have a hope, and it's found in the gospel. Stand on this, Paul says. Don't move away from this gospel. Stand on this, because this is what will secure you, and this is your security. Don't stray with other ideas. Don't cling to other people or things that you feel might help. Stand on the truth of the gospel, established and firm in Jesus Christ alone, in Jesus. In Jesus, in Christ, 
It's a phrase that Paul uses, I think, about 164 times. I haven't read them all. I googled that. 164 times he uses this phrase, in Christ or with Christ or by Christ. And being in Christ is being covered by him. Is being, it's an invitation that his peace will reign in your panic. That his power will reign in your weakness. And that his life will even reign in your mortal body that's dying. And Christine is showing this. She is in Christ and she's finding a peace that passes human understanding and a power in her weakness. And she's finding a life that's going beyond the frailty and the death that she's facing. This is about being in Christ. And it's not always easy, is it, if we're honest? Paul doesn't shy away from the fact that this is a battle, internally and externally. You know, Paul says that the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't do, I do do. And it's a battle. Yeah, you remember that, that passage. And he also says that he has suffered further on in our, in our chapter, Colossians uh, 2. He goes on to talk about his sufferings, but that how, how, how he has found joy in his sufferings. How could he find joy in his sufferings? Paul knew about sufferings. He had been flogged five times. People died from being flogged just once, and he had been flogged five times. The scars on his back would have been horrendous. He'd been shipwrecked, scorned, mocked, stripped, stoned, and he says he finds joy in his suffering because Jesus makes it okay, makes his power available, and makes his comfort available. Friends, it's in our weakness and it's in our lack of that we find the joy and the peace and the strength. Isn't it wonderful that we can say with Paul that it is our very weaknesses that prove God is more than able, that prove God is supreme, and that he is God's son. Do you know that it's your weakness today when you give it to Jesus that can bring him glory? And that can bring you a peace that passes human understanding. You know, we can't do this Christian life on our own. We can't do it naturally. We can only do it supernaturally with God's help. And he says you're covered in Christ. You have his help. You have him in you. This isn't a theory. It's not an ideology. It's a man. Jesus of Nazareth. Be confident in him. Being in Christ is yielding and abiding. It's keeping close to him and it's yielding to him. I'm a little bit of a visual aid um, about that yielding thing. A few weeks ago, I sat on my bed Monday morning, gave my diary to the Lord. It was a busy week. I said, Lord, just, you know, this is your week. Take control. By Tuesday, I was feeling really sick. By Wednesday, I was so poorly and in bed, I had to cancel the rest of the week. And I was thinking, hmm, God has answered my prayer. He's been in control, not quite the way I wanted. But he'd answered my prayer and he'd taken control and he met with me. He really met with me when I was sick in a way that I don't believe he would have done. Well, he would have done, but I don't believe it would have been as special for me if I'd carried on through my week. Is that wonderful that even in our weakness and our sickness, God is in control. We can trust him. Are you trusting him? Are you letting him steer your car 
only one driver in a car. There's only one driver in your life. Are you letting him be the driver? Or is he in the passenger seat? Or is he even in the boot and he only comes out on Sunday? Let him drive. He is more than able. He is supreme. He is visible God. And he holds it all together. And he can take you through whatever life's journey will bring you. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. That is a truth you can hold on to this week. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. Friends, if you're feeling weak, and if you're feeling that the sin has got in the way, remember our passage this morning that says you are pronounced holy and pure. And your sin does not threaten God. Just like the clouds don't threaten the sun. The sun is still in existence and still shining, even with clouds in front of it. Cloud or no cloud, the sun is shining. Sin or no sin, God's tender heart is drawn to you, drawn to you. He cannot resist you. And he has paid the punishment for you to be close and in him. I think the Christian life is simply the process of learning to bring all of myself all of myself, the messy bits, the confused bits, the lack of vision, all of myself, the panic, the fear, bring it into alignment with the more fundamental truth that I am fixed by the love of God. You are fixed by the love of God. He loves you and gave himself for you and there is nothing in creation that can take you away. Being in Christ is an invitation to those who will receive Christ. It's not a system. It's not a religion. It's a person. Being in Christ. So we do not need to fear because he holds us together. Jesus. In Jesus. And with Jesus. I'm going to just draw this to a close. The last verses, verses 6 to 7, are a challenge. Paul says this, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. We are in Jesus, but that is not the end because we, want to, we need to walk with Jesus. To be totally covered, we are called and we are covered, but we need to continue with our walk with Jesus. And that can be hard because the world has so many pulls on us and we have so many distractions, don't we? And I think the world's and our own natural tendency is to somehow find a greatness in our life that proves we're okay. The world says that to be a hero, you need to look like a superman or a celebrity. But Jesus says, to walk with me is true greatness. True greatness, actually, he says, is becoming like a little child, full of wonder, full of amazement at the ladybird full of simple trust 
that their father is going to supply and be with them. Paul calls himself a servant of God, walking with, Je- with Jesus, under him and affected by him. Isn't it true that we're affected by those we walk with? Even if we're watching stuff on the television, we're kind of walking with them and we're going to be affected by what we see and hear. Well, when we walk with God, we will become more and more like him. And I read a wonderful statistic the other day because it feels like there's fewer and fewer of us around, doesn't it? But this statistic said, I'll read it out, that the quality of a culture may be changed when just 2% of its people have a vision. The quality of a culture can be changed when just 2% of its people have a vision. 2%, that's all. We have a vision, we have Christ. We walk with him and we walk with him into our neighbourhood, into our families, into our workplace. And we might feel a minority, that 2%, but that can have a huge effect in the hands of God. We take the world to Jesus because we walk with him. In India, they have a wonderful uh, marriage custom that the bride's friends take the bride and they travel with her to the groom's house. And when they get to the groom's house, they leave her. That's what we do with our friends, our neighbours. We travel with them and we take them to Jesus and we leave them with Jesus. So friends, let's remember who we belong to. Let's remember that we've been given life that is for eternity. Let's remember that we have a hope that is certain and we have a forgiveness that we don't deserve but that will strengthen us to forgive those around us. And we have been given Jesus, God's Holy Spirit. We are spirit people. We are now spirit people, no longer governed and limited by the natural, but aware and awake to the supernatural. I was thinking about his call at the end here, Paul's call, and I felt like it's like a call to be spiritually evergreen, rooted. If you're rooted and secure, then you're fruiting. And the evergreen tree doesn't leave its, lose its leaves. Paul is saying, I want you to be spiritually stable and evergreen spiritually. John 15, Jesus tells us how to do that. He says, abide with me. Keep close to me. Keep attached with me. Our faith is given and kept by God. But we also need to walk with him and keep attached to him. And for us, I believe to do that... We do need to be intentional because we need to abide by our, with our time and our energies. If we are to grow fruitful in the public place, we need to have private time with God. To grow and be fruitful in the public place, we need to be giving time to God in the secret place. So be accountable this week. Try and get those habits in your diary. Rule it out in your diary. That's time for Jesus. Um, I, I was reading a joke the other day about a dad. He was talking to his friend and he said, I've bought my daughter a fridge. Just try and get this. I'm not very good at telling jokes. I, don't, I don't, bought my daughter a fridge. Um, I can't wait to see her face light up when she opens it. And I thought, Father has given us a gift 
Jesus, the living word and the written word. And he can't wait to see your face light up when you open up his word to you and when you live by that, because you will light up. Moses did, we can. And this final, final bit, I am about to end. Paul ends with a wonderful call. Overflow with thanksgiving. Abound in gratefulness, in thankfulness. It's not about effort. It's not about success. Don't about you. Those are good things to abound in if God gives them to you. But abound in thankfulness. Because actually Jesus has done it for us. And he gives it, gives it to us. We are fully loved and fully able. He is a God who has abounded to you. So let's abound in thankfulness. Jesus, uh, God really challenged me with this the other day in my prayers. I found I was praying a lot of please. Please, Lord, please for that person. Please for that situation. He said, Esther, I love your pleases, but I'd also like to hear a few thank yous. So I said, okay, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you love that person. Thank you that you've promised to be with that person. Thank you, thank you. And I began to change my prayers to a thank you. And it's really helped me. Be a people. Be, let's be a thank you people. Abounding in thankfulness and gratefulness because God has done it for you because of his great love. You are fixed in him. Don't forget that. I'm just going to read. It's, a, it's words of a song, but I would like maybe to read it as a prayer now if you want to just close your eyes. maybe Open up your hands if you want to just open up your hearts and receive him more. Uh, Jesus, Jesus. It's about Jesus in your life. You are in him and you walk with him into this new week. I have a friend, a faithful friend, and Jesus is his name. He will not leave, he stands by me. My shepherd, he remains. I have a friend, a mighty friend, and Jesus is his name. I shall not fear, he holds me near. His strength will keep me safe. I have a friend, the kindest friend, and Jesus is his name. He hears my cry by day or night and wipes my tears away. I have a friend, a saviour friend, and Jesus is his name. He fought for me on Calvary and trampled on the grave. His name is True King, Lord of creation, ruler without end. I call him hope, peace, wonderful saviour. And what joy that Jesus calls me friend. Amen. Thank you, Esther. Thank you. Uh, we're going to sing our final song now. Um, so stand and join in, in Christ alone. Thank you.
Please sit down. So we're coming to the end of our service. We have a final blessing and um, basing the blessing this week on the prayer of St. Patrick's, which I absolutely love this prayer. If there's nothing else you can think of to pray on that Monday morning about your week, it's such a lovely starting prayer. So this is our blessing for this week. Christ be with us, Christ within us, Christ behind us, Christ before us, Christ beside us, Christ to win us, Christ to comfort and restore us, Christ beneath us, Christ above us, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ the heart of all that love us, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger, and to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So if you would like to um, join us for coffee at the back, that would be great. If you want to carry on in prayer, then please do stay um, in the sanctuary. And um, I'm going to ask the worship group to play one more song. Brian, if you would project it, if you want to carry on and sing one more song, then um, please feel free to do so. Thank you. No. 
turning back The cross before me Well behind me No turning back No turning back The cross before me No turning back, no turning back Cause Christ is enough for me Christ is enough for me Everything I need is in you Everything I need